0: By Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. Uh, my name is Brady. Uh, I'll be your host here today, and I have a wonderful guest with me. I have uh, Garrett Hole here. Uh, Garrett Hole, um, geez, I had it here just a second ago. Garrett Hole. Uh, does a lot of tracking, does a lot of, uh, advanced stats stuff and, uh, especially does stuff around the jets, uh, is the co-founder of uh, hockey data Inc and previously managed jets nation. Uh, at this point now, Garrett has been doing a lot more, uh, tracking, which uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting about a little bit here today. Uh, but Garrett, how are you, how are you doing today? Um, excellent. Thanks for having me here. How are you living the dream? Can't, uh, can't complain. Always fun to, uh, hop on here and chat jets. Um, we'll just start off with a a general kind of uh you know broad view of the game uh what did you see out there from the Jets uh as well as from the Blues um how did uh how did you you know digest that game what did you think of both teams
0: I mean if you want like a summary version I thought up to and including the Jets third goal they were the dominant team um creating most of the chances both at five and five and uh, they were doing very well also in special teams. And then it's not like the blues took over then for like a good amount of time, like nothing really happened. I mean, like things happened, but like nothing of high consequence. And then about, I don't know, around the 30 minute mark. So halfway through all of a sudden the blues took over and like the blues pretty much controlled most of the game Mm -hmm. after that point. Um, I mean, the jets were able to minimize Things I thought it pretty well um, for a bit and for pieces here and there. But uh, yeah, like I think I tweeted at some point, that it was like the expected goals, which is just like how we um, essentially say the average expected goals essentially is just like what the average um, team would have in that score with an average goalie with average shooters. Um, the, the score situation around there was like 2.2 2 goals versus 0. 0.5 mm-hmm. around the third goal and then by the end of it it was pretty much tied at 2.3 mm-hmm. if you don't count the two empty net attempts one of them that was successful one not so su- successful so yeah it was definitely uh, two different games that were played the first half and second half I saw some people being like this is bones shell hockey which <laughs> I mean in, in Dallas it kind of was like that a lot of times you know try to get ahead early and then, then turtle for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I mean, it definitely is a lot easier to win when you, uh, you get a lead at some point uh, early in the game. Um, and yeah, I've, I found that the jets have been um, at least more recently. They've been a lot better in the first period than they were for, there was a couple streak of games where the first period was just absolutely awful um, from the jets. And then they always were trying to claw themselves back into the game. Uh, I found over the past few uh, p- past few games, they've been a lot better about getting on top at, at the start. And then uh, and then, yeah, you have your classic, uh, you know, going into a bit of a shell. Um, I, I find I find that for the Jets, you know, the second period tends to be, you know, where they do their best. I've I've always found. Um, but again, this game here, uh, as you were kind of saying, after, you know, the first 10 minutes of the second period, it's kind of teetered off. Um, after they got that third goal but then again you know it is just kind of the you know you're up by a couple goals you want to make sure that you're not you know taking too many risks you're not trying to necessarily go out of your way to uh, um, you know Try and accident, You know, you don't you don't want to be risking giving up uh, two on ones, three on twos when um, when you know you're already leading in the game. Uh, In general, for you, um, do in in a philosophy sense. You know, are you more pro? uh, You know, try to continue to keep the gas on. You know, continue to keep trying to uh, you know pump the score up. uh, Or would you say that you know, especially for a team like the Jets, would you say that their their play style, the 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 players that they have on the team. do they tend to be, uh, you know? Would you say that it, it makes sense for them to be uh, trying to, you know, turtle a lot more, or do you think that you should, you know, they should be continuing to try and, uh, you know, take a, take risks and try and, you know, pump the score back up to try and give them a bit more wiggle room?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a very nuanced question because it'll. The answer is essentially that it depends, mm-hmm. um, which is really boring answer. Sorry, <laughs> um, uh, like. Talking in a general sense. So, like, what happens is that, you know, when teams have the lead, they're trying, they start turtling because, you know, like, you can talk in a stats standpoint by saying, um, the incremental value of an extra goal for is less than, uh, a- preventing a goal against, which is just a nerdy way of saying, like, you know, it's it's, it's more important to prevent a goal than to score a goal if you're leading um which is intuitive most people understand that that's how nhl teams play especially um one thing that you know not everyone touches on that's especially true because of the um the the tie point the betman point uh the betman point actually means that it's uh more important not to lose than it is to win in nhl which uh you know kind of if you're, for example, Micah Blake McCurdy and some other people talks about like how that incentivizes kind of boring hockey at times. Um, yeah, so in a general sense, uh, you know, it, it, I would say the answer depends on how good you are. Um, the better of a team you are, the more events you want to happen because the less likely it is that. Um, uh, so the you know if you're like an extremely good team, like let's just say the Wayne Gretzky uh, Edmonton Oilers. You are know, most likely gonna win, um, if because you are the most talented, mm-hmm. talented team. So you just go, 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 go. It doesn't matter if you're if you're leading, just keep on going, keep on going, because if you know you have lots of events, then the most the better team is most likely gonna win. Now, if you have very few events, then it, what's happening is also one goal is a very, very crucial difference, and anyone can score one goal at any time. Um, and so all of a sudden so if you're a weaker team, um, you know, keeping this keeping uh the pace slow is actually more advantageous because it creates more Mm -hmm. quote unquote luck in the game. Yeah. Um, not luck hits and like lucky bounces, but just means that like, you know, one thing happening uh has a greater impact of the game. So you want it to slow things down. Now for the Jets, it's kind of funny because everyone talks about like, you know, Bones hockey because of how Dallas was last. Uh, the previous years, um, but it's actually kind of funny because the Jets ha- actually haven't been like that. The Jets, when playing the league, or sorry, playing the league, when the Jets have been playing the lead, they've actually kept going. Um, there's been a lot of offense for both sides, both uh, the op- opponents and themselves. Um, so it is interesting to see that, you know, the Jets have actually been the opposite of what mm-hmm. this game was. Um, where everyone's been getting chances once they've had the lead. Um, I think part of that's just because a lot of the Jets' top players, like, for example, Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, are not exactly defensive stalwarts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the you have the lead, and um, Bones is keeping his players out there, and, um, you know, they're creating a lot of chances for themselves and for the other team. Um, but, yeah, uh, in terms of, to trying to get to your original question about (laughs) what should the jets do uh that's that's a harder question because i mean i don't really see a lot of the jets players being the type of guys that um succeed well in that type of system um but uh i mean they did okay today uh i don't i think that it was mostly just because they had a significant enough lead and because of the fact that they had you know, Connor hillbuck who you know he saved point <laughs> point three which you know like that's not real there's no point three of a goal but mm-hmm. uh just basically saying like on average you would expect a goalie to allow somewhere between two to three goals uh with that and he was on the lower end too so like he was a plus value goalie so he's better than average and yet this actually brought down his uh season average today so it was a it was a bad performance according to how he normally performs. So that shows you just how insane he's been. he's been this yeah. year. Oh, I I actually didn't like. I started tweet. I've started tweeting about it a lot recently because I found it amazing the fact that technically, by most public analytics, he's been the most valuable NHLer since he entered the league. That's kind of <laughs> crazy.
1: That is insane, and I, like I believe it. You know. We sit here and we watch uh, constantly. Um, the Jets always, we have have always had the kind of connotation around them that they're not the greatest defensively. And to see them, um, you know, coming back to life this year, I think, I, I mean, it's not a hot take to be like, it's very, uh, you know, a lot of that is due to Connor Hellebuck being, you know, a Vesna candidate once again. Um you know i was i was going to jump into defensive stuff with you but i think that this kind of um leads a little bit better into uh the kind of pk improvement that the jets have seen this year um i and, you know, I, I've been very impressed and, and in years past, the PK has been one of the biggest issues for the Jets. Um, and obviously you have, you know, Scotty Arneal coming in this year. You've got some new personnel having, uh, you know, Saku Menelainen coming onto the PK. You've got Johnson Fiabi Of course, you've got David Gustafson. Um, it's, it's very easy to look at those guys and say, those are the reasons for the, you know, the PK improving. But then, at the same time, you know, your PK is only as strong as your best player, which is usually your goalie, right? So my question to you then is, would you consider that the improvement that the Jets have had on the PK this year have been um, due to, you know, the personnel that they have and, and you know, the new systems that they're running? Or do you think that this might potentially be just uh, Connor Hellebuck playing fantastic and, uh, you know, the guys in front of him are doing well, but uh, it's mostly led by him
0: in the back? Um, I think it's very much been, this is my personal opinion, that's very much been, uh, the Jets. Sorry. My little child is a little cranky. Um, <laughs> my personal, my personal opinion, it's been through the coaching staff, uh, the Jets. So from 2011 to 2022, AKA the entirety that the Jets have existed, um, where depending on whether you use fancy stats or actual goals um the jets have been on average the worst to second or third in the entire nhl and the penalty kill so essentially ever since um well max i see max is in the uh, uh chat and he can tell you about which uh coach is uh might have some influence on that from 2011 to 2022 um but uh yeah so they've been literally the worst and they've had some guys that come in specifically for um to help out the PK some of them you know guys that might have uh reputations that's better than their actual performance but some of them actual good performers yet the jets always sucked um but now um if you're just looking at shots Like ignoring goaltending, the Jets are about average, and I mean, you know, people are like, "Whoop-dee-doo!" That's just average. But when you're typically like the worst team in the league at the penalty kill on average, uh, being in the middle is pretty significant an improvement. So that's I, I personally believe that that has to be coaching. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some new bodies in there, yeah, Um, but uh, I think coaches one are the people that choose those bodies um but on top of that um i i just from my personal experience i've seen that uh um systems seem to play a larger role in pk performance than the actual individuals that are on there like obviously some individuals are better than others at being within that uh system um but and it's also about like having the right system for those players and not just trying to put square pegs and round holes Of course, of course.
1: Um... All right, well, uh, you know, and I, I I I will say just to add on to that, I I do agree with you as well. Um one of the comments here in the chat uh Stanley returning is the sole reason we won, and then he says just kidding. Uh I got to ask you what you thought uh of Stanley's game. You know, it's his first game he's played since uh October. Um and then also maybe kind of, you know, part of that could be touching kind of on Dylan Sandberg's game uh through, you know, what you've thought of him uh in the absence of Stanley and he's kind of gotten a bit of a longer tryout. Uh, as that sixth D spot um, and then maybe even uh, if you feel like roping in mentioning the kind of tracking you do with uh, you know the the zone exits zone entries and stuff like that I would love to hear more about that but that could be its own separate question too because uh, I, I think there's a lot of value in discussing that um, but first we'll just start off sorry I, I'm just kind of throwing everything on you at once uh, what do you think of Stanley tonight and uh, and maybe just kind of touch on how he kind of compares to uh, Dylan Sandberg uh, in their play styles.
0: Um, yeah, so I, I don't mind um, trying to tie all that in. <laughs> um, although, that's good. yeah, that's that's a fun one. Um, also, thanks for throwing me under the Logan Stanley bus because you know everyone knows my reputation with Logan Stanley <laughs> being being an avid quote unquote hater, um, even though I was screaming for the Jets to play him instead of uh, Nathan B- Bowley, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. Hey, people uh, remember what they want, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Yeah, so I, I think actually this game is actually a pretty good game to kind of talk about analytics and also the tracking. So what I've been doing just kind of for fun, just to add some extra value, because um, after being in the private sector for hockey for quite some while, um, I'm now in the public sector uh, writing once again. Uh, I did some tracking. Um, looking just at zone entries and zone exits and scoring chances and scoring chance passes, you know, just for some fun and to add some extra value to it um to what i'm to what I'm giving out and uh essentially, what we're doing is there's kind of like two layers of stats, and the what they are is actually there's technically three there's three types of stats one is some of it is just straight up um uh trivia stats, so like things that aren't really very meaningful other than you know just fun trivia uh then you got other stats that's kind of trying to answer how good or effective something is or like how performance is and then you have an underlying one which is how or why they are good um and that's what these kind of like micro stats or uh tracking stats kind of look at um they're looking at you know, how well does a player break out or how well does a player uh, gain the zone? Um, it doesn't really tell you how good they perform. It's more just looking at the hows or whys. They're as good as they are. Um, so, yeah, going back to Logan Stanley, um, if you look at the performance analytics, he actually did quite well. Um, Jets out chance with him on the ice. Uh, he got an assist, even though secondary assists are a little bit. Sorry, <laughs> little, little one. Uh he got a secondary assist. You look at his game score, that looks pretty good. Um, but then, you know, in my tracking stats, he had four giveaways in the defensive zone uh and four uncontrolled exits and one controlled exit. Um, so that would say that he wasn't very good at breaking out the puck. Now, why would you get that kind of difference? Well, that's because uh three of the times that he gave away it was absolutely of no consequence. Uh I think two of them were essentially he was trying to dump out the puck or chip out the puck and the defenseman at the other end ended up catching it and stopping it. Uh, So now the other team has control, but either the play fizzled out or the winger was able to um, beat them out. And so like, you know, there was like a giveaway and that's bad, but nothing really happened of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you look at um, uh, yeah. So sorry to go back to my original uh, thought. It's, so you did well in one standpoint, but you did terrible on the other. Yes, Max, and also two unforced icings, but I've been lazy <laughs> not tracking that. Um I've been I've been very um streamlining in my tracking. Uh so I'm not doing anything like blue line stuff, like seeing who defends blue line well and um resets and for checking just because, you know, I'm trying to uh get maximal value out of minimal minimal effort um but yeah so it's just kind of interesting to see you know how someone can do the things that would normally lead to poor results but not get poor results and so you know that kind of brings up the question when you're looking at a single game analysis what should you really be looking at and that's actually something that we don't really have answers to Mm -hmm. um like you know did did stanley play well because you know in terms of the actual results on the ice were good or is it um or was it that he did terrible because, you know, in the actual transitioning of the puck was pretty bad. Although, I, you know, there's a couple of times I thought he was pretty, pretty good in the offensive zone. Like, I, I honestly, sometimes he kind of flubs the puck in <laughs> situations where he shouldn't. But for the most part, I actually don't hate him in the offensive zone. Um, and, you know, like to answer your question about Sandberg and um, um, comparing like Sandberg to... Uh, to Stanley um you kind of look at like Stanley's like Stanley and Sandberg both have you know look using Micah McCurdy's um ho- aka HockeyViz's website you know they they both kind of look similarly um in the offensive zone uh offensive zone so like both of them they're not creating a lot the team's not performing well but they're not performing poorly mm-hmm. so you know they're not really pushing offense I love looking at the shot chart, though, for how the Jets shoot with Logan Stanley on the ice, because it's just this very, very, very dark red dot right at the blue line. And that's not like this is not saying this is where Logan Stanley shoots. This is where do the Winnipeg Jets shoot yeah. when Logan Stanley's on the ice? And it's like mostly it's just Logan Stanley shooting.
1: Yeah, that's, that's specifically
0: right at the blue line, right at that dot.
1: That's been one of my more frustrating uh, things with him is that like. He, and maybe this might just be like PTSD from Derek Forbert throwing the worst shots on net every time he got the puck from that left wall. Um, but I I personally, you know, I, would, I, I think that the Jets need to create much more into the slot. And yes, you can do that by getting rebounds off of, you know, you can get tip shots and this and that. But I find that those shots that come from uh, where Stanley's shooting a lot of times don't, um end up really doing much usually a lot of them are without a lot of traffic a lot of them go into the chest of the goalie and it's just kind of plays dead right there um so that's easily been one of my more frustrating things with him um but I do think that uh you know while while you were saying uh, a second assist is you know just a second assist it can happen to anyone kind of thing if you're on the ice you can get a second assist pretty easily but I do think that he you know on that first goal he deserves a little bit of credit for you know at least seeing um you know seeing what was happening in that play where Morrissey was coming over and kind of looking for him to switch with him uh and open up kind of that lane and then he took a bit of you know space to come and walk in for a shot and actually got a good shot off you know that wasn't off of that left wall it was you know through traffic of course it goes wide but then of course the uh the Jets get in put it in front and uh PLD puts it home um but yeah, anyways, I just wanted to have my little spiel about yeah. that. I'm also not very pro Stanley in the gen- in the general. Uh I, I I personally have been uh very pro Dylan Sandberg. I thought he's looked great so far in that number six role. Um, and I think that he at least is uh a little more safe, I'll call it, in the in the defensive zone. Um oh geez, we're running out of time on Zoom. <laughs> Either way, North. we're good. We're good. Um uh, anyways, uh, what, what was, what was I going to say here? I'm just trying to look here. Um, looking at the Jets yeah. sp- or, or unless you oh. have something to say, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Oh, sorry. I, I was, I was saying that like, they're very similar in the defensive zone. Like, you know, that it's Micah's stats suggest that, you mm-hmm. know, they're kind of hurting offense, but not a lot, just, just very, very tiny, slightly. but then the defensive zone is like the exact opposite. They're very polar opposites. Um, De- Logan Stanley's defensive stats are very, very bad. Um, Other teams are creating way more chances, especially, especially right in the slot. Um, Yet Sandberg's is the opposite where they're not creating much offense and most offense they are not in the slot. Um, So that's just what I was just going to say that that kind of matches up with how you feel safe with one versus the other.
1: For sure. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. I'm going to give you dealer's choice here. Uh, whether you, you'd you like to speak either, you know, I've got three potential topics here. Uh, one is exploring, you know, just the talk about uh, whether or not you think the Jets need to trade for someone in that middle six. Um, we could talk about uh, if the Jets are, you know, the way the Jets are playing is sustainable. You know, they're sitting top of the central um, and, you know, their underlying numbers have been you know, maybe not as good as you'd hope, but at the same time, over the past few games, they've been uh, pretty good. Uh, or just in general, a general question about the Jets power play. I'll, I'll let you choose out of those three.
0: Um, I'm not going to touch power play because I don't really have much there to suggest or talk about. Uh, so and I'm not going to talk about Gus. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <Max>. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I can talk a little bit about the Jets because I've already kind of looked at that. Um, so numbers wise, like the Jets have done well, um, they've been outscoring opponents. What's kind of interesting, although this was more of a problem early on is despite the Jets, um, outscoring opponents, they were rarely actually leading games. Uh, that was more of an issue in the beginning of the season than it is right now. Um, but it was just kind of interesting to see that, like when you looked at, um, teams in the order of how much they've won and then you looked at at each team and how they performed and how often they were leading. It was suggesting that Colorado was like leading more often than they technically win. And the jets were the opposite. They were, um, they were trailing a lot more often for, t- for a team with the amount of points they had. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, oh one, was a shout out for between the barrier to me. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. It, it. I mean, the jets, the jets have been bad, in terms of the underlying metrics, what the underlying metrics just say is a five on five. The jets are creating chances about as often as their opponents are. Um, But, you know, if you're creating chances just about as equal and you have the best goaltender in the world, uh, that means on average, you're going to be winning because Connor held is he on average is worth almost a goal. Um, So (laughs) if you're, if, if you're creating chances so that you should be tying at 3-3 that means with hellebrug you're actually winning 3-2 now on top of that the jets have been good on the power play and alson have been not terrible on the penalty kill um you have a winning recipe even <clears throat> sorry apologies you have a winning recipe even if you you're only kind of average at uh even strength now that's not that's not a dominant team that's not a team that's gonna you know be the favorites at the playoffs that's not like colorado avalanche of the previous year um but uh yeah so mm-hmm. uh, and
1: i i think what you're saying about hellebuck there is is really interesting to just say that he's pretty much worth uh a goal in and of, in, in and of himself um and yeah i like i i look at this team and you know they're always there's gonna be warts um but i think that they've been playing pretty well as of late and uh you know if the underlying numbers aren't you know throwing a big red flag at you um you know i i think as jets as a jet fan myself i i can take kind of solace in saying you know maybe the maybe these guys are for real maybe they are a wagon who knows um but of course that will uh that'll show when it comes to playoff time um in general you know because right now we're kind of sitting here it's december uh the jets are top of the central you know, a place that we didn't expect them to be. And, um, I'm going to go back to the question of, do you think that the jets could use, uh, an upgrade in the, uh, on the forward end of things? Um, and if so, maybe do you have any guys who you'd, you'd kind of target, um, or do you think that the jets, you know, could probably just suffice with just having Ehlers come back from injury and, um, and yeah, and of course, you know, we see Sacramento Linens out tonight. Of course, he's not one of the, you know, middle. I guess he is kind of a middle six guy now. But um, there have been so many guys who have played in that middle six role. Are there any guys you could see, you know, jumping up um, that you'd like to see in the, those roles? Um, you know, I, I, I personally don't think Mikey Asimont is the uh, the be all end all um, for for that, you know, middle six spot. But I think he's filled in decently well. If you want to touch on him, go ahead. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm you know, just again. I'm throwing you uh really open-ended questions. I'm sorry for that. Um, but like I said, take it wherever you want. Um, do you think that the Jets could use uh, some reinforcements?
0: Um, yes, I think they could use some reinforcements. Um so like we kind of talked about like I said how the Jets are tracking now is like a very good team, but not like a dominant team. And um I think I think Eler's coming back can definitely put, will definitely push them up. Um but the way that I always model it is like I model the best way you can build the jets is by looking at the 2017, 2018 jets. And once they um, traded for Stastny, they ran three, um, they ran three lines. They had basically a top six and they had two lines that were the third line, depending on the situation, whether that was, you know, they wanted to score goals. Also little was the third line, or if they were trying to defend leads, all of a sudden Lowry was the, um, the third line, which, you know, more often than not, um, or not more often than not, it wasn't quite that simple. Um, Lowry line still was fourth in uh, 5 on 5 Ice Time more often than Little line was, but they essentially ran in like a 3A, 3B uh, system there. So, um, like right now, what they were doing with the Lowry line was is different than what they're doing then because they just don't have that kind of depth, um. And I think that they could, um, but they do need a lot of help on in the wing, um. So you know whether or not that comes through a trade or you know depending on how Russia and all that geopolitical stuff uh, works out, there there is a guy that's playing right, right. now in the KHL. Uh, he's a goal scoring, uh, winger, and he definitely would be a lot of help um if he was able to turn out as well as most players who tend to uh do as as well as he is because you look at the people who are comparable to dimitri Mm -hmm. um the list looks pretty good and then you look at the fact that dimitri actually has very few uh power play points because he's mostly been scoring on the on the um at even strength because he's been playing mostly on the second line and mostly on the second power play. Essentially he's their uh, Nikolai Ehlers um, from the past. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, and that's not saying about his two way game. Uh, There's a lot more questions about that. Um, But I I think, you know, getting him or would be great because you know, that's free. Uh, that's yeah. the only reason why I'm using him as an example is not because I think he's the best possible option. I'm just putting him out there because he's free next uh, year at very least yeah. next year. Yeah. 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 I, uh, but, I'm,
1: I'm very excited for okay. Ryszewski.
0: Yeah. So, uh, um, best case scenario is just because they have a lot of, um, defensive depths is that they're able to translate that into, uh, a winger. If he wasn't able to come once the KHL season's over. Um, but, uh, yeah because once you bring some people on because yeah the jets have a lot of guys who are really good in like a kind of like pk um four check role um but they have a lot of those and they don't really need mm-hmm. as many of those um if they want to be a dominant team i think they need three scoring lines uh because like you look at men he's you know doing well when he's playing with larry on the four check cycling the puck doing some low to high passes getting an odd goal um, but you know, if you put him on the top lines, um, I don't think you're getting the same kind of results there. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Um, I'm, I am
1: just to, you know let you know, I'm about to lose you on zoom because we're, we're hitting our 40 minutes on the on the meeting, but, uh, regardless, it is time for us to, uh, wrap it up. So if I do lose you, um, th- Garrett, thank you so much for, for tuning here, for coming in and joining me here. Uh, you're fantastic. Uh, hopefully we could have you on again in the future if you'd like to, um, thank you everyone for, for tuning in. I do have to do an ad read cause I do did forget to do it before. Um, but think <laughs> you know, which way it's gonna go make your bet with sports interaction, whether it's world cup, hockey, football, or basketball, uh, sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to, to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. 19+. Please play responsibly. Um, so yeah, so we did lose Garrett there, unfortunately. Uh, our, our Zoom ran out of time, but um, regardless, uh, it was it was such a fantastic show. Garrett's a fantastic guest. Follow him on Twitter at at Hole, um, follow me on Twitter, at, at NHL Chunky, you know, of course, follow, uh, at STPN sports, uh, check out the SDPN uh, shop. It's where I got this, this lovely hoodie that I'm wearing, um, as well as a couple other things. Um, and if you're interested, uh, Liz and I both have a podcast together. It's uh, called Can't Teach Size. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Can't Teach Size. We released an episode yesterday. Feel free to check it out. Um, but, yeah, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Have yourselves a great day. Uh, go Jets. We'll uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow night. Uh, thank you again for tuning in.
0: Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada sports book.